0: trouble now. Wait. Yeah. Uh-huh. Homie, the winds speak to me like native American Indian shamans. Chief Gerard i Shapeshifter, morph into a black cat. Cross your path and invoke God's wrath. defending. I Mo for me Stole my craft. My wizard's my beauty. no leaves my duty. I rock this with the Trinidad child who Hootie, truly. Enlightened floating on a thousand petal lotus. No, it's my Oriola, a lost soldier. Standing on my square, arms folded with a calm focus. Amass the lives of biblical scribes. Challenge Islamic clerics. Receive the merit of bravery for rising above slavery. Dar Shabaka's stone is delight. The, the return
1: of the rose. But shit ain't all roses. Fill my thoughts. You've been wrong. Well, welcome back to Black Hoodie Alchemy, folks as always i am your host anthony tyler um i appreciate you joining me we got another special guest this week and i guess i will uh preface you know i'll give a little introduction here the only uh, like shout out i need to do beforehand is you can get some merch now we were just talking about that and how much of a pain in the ass it is to set up merch from an indie side uh, especially like Print-on-demand sounds easier, but there's always uh, all, all sorts of fine print and so many app communications and things. It's ridiculous. But you can go get some Black Hoodie Alchemy merch now. You can get some beanies, some hoodies. You can get a black hoodie, uh, as you should be able to. And you can get some uh, three-quarter sleeve, like baseball tees. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with how they turned out. Um, and other than that, you know, just, just doing the, doing my thing. Um, and I'm very happy to have my guest here with me, uh, returning guest, Mr. Douglas bachelor, a host of the, what magic is this podcast. Uh, I'm very happy to have him back on particularly because, um, during like prefacing the conversation we had last time, um, more so than any guest where I give like an open offer, like we'll get you back on like, Doug and I, we said, we got to get you back on soon because there's just more we got to talk about to 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 really round home plate here. And uh, and not only that, but it was like 10 episodes ago. And uh, I don't you know, I try not to pay attention. Was it to the actually numbers. Anthony? Yeah. Yeah. It's 10 oh episodes. now. Yeah. But um, uh, that said, um, you know, because it's like sixty-five episodes now or so, and it's it's already the third most popular episode I've done. So people, we, yeah, we had some magic going on in there, man. I guess so. Um, and I definitely got specific requests to have you back on sooner rather than later. So glad we could do it. How you doing today, man?
2: I'm good, man. I'm I'm, I'm back for the the spooky season. That is yeah. that is Halloween. Uh, this was not planned. Uh, I I want to have your listeners no and i'm going to do the canadian thing where uh, i apologize anthony tried to get me back on the show like three times and three kind of really shitty things happened in my life and i had to like cancel so i apologize to you anthony uh i apologize to your listeners we were going to do it we were literally going to record like I think what was it like the two weeks after the episode first aired? And then I forget what it was that happened, but it's just been it's been a running a gauntlet, an, an American gladiators style charged to recording this episode in which every obstacle I just bounced off of and fell into whatever pit uh, of <laughs> foam uh, existed for life. So uh, I apologize, and I thank everybody, uh, and I thank you, Anthony, for being so, so patient. So I'm good. Things are good. Uh, things are just as crazy as they have ever been. I'm very busy. I literally do just uploaded a, pat- a two-hour Patreon episode like an hour ago that I've been working on for the last three days uh yeah it' hectic busy but busy is good sometimes keeps me out of trouble and uh, I'm, I'm sliding into what is called canadian thanksgiving which is going to happen here on the uh, 8th 9th and 10th of october in uh in the great white north so uh looking forward to being thankful and spending some time with family and and uh, consuming turkey and gravy
1: yeah well um happy forthcoming uh canadian thanksgiving to you and uh you know no sweat at all um especially you know no sweat in any case uh about the delay but especially my life has been crazy too lately and uh uh so i know the feeling and you know we were talking before we recorded and i really liked what you had to say so um without you know just reading a script here i'd like to get into that just a little more because i think it was a great way to really preface this whole conversation about uh just really diving deep into all the ins and outs of uh of magic for a little while here um i was talking about the frustration of just i have tried you know i'm 28 now um i've been out on my own for uh 10 years i'll be 28 in february and uh I've just done so many different things. I've grown weed legally and illegally. I've uh, I've done beekeeping. I've done um, I've done different construction trades, bricklaying, you know, house framing. I've worked in restaurants on both sides, and it just seems like I'll probably just you know keep bouncing around. Who knows? You know that everything I've done. Uh, I'm very happy with where I am in my life generally um, all the important things, uh, especially my relationships and things, but I feel kind of lost sometimes in the mundane world. And, you know, long story short, that's why I have always gravitated towards these kinds of conversations here. And you mentioned the pirate mentality. And I really liked that. Uh, I was wondering if you, know, if you could get into that a little bit.
2: Sure. I think I'm seeing a lot from particularly my, uh my Patreon supporters and people that I have on, on my discord server. uh, I've it's, it's my podcast is wonderful because it's opened me up to a whole load of more experiences and and just more people uh, and, and their stories. So I have sensed a surmounting frustration with a lot of people that they feel let down that the things that their parents had access to which was cheap university uh cheap houses cheap cars uh, cheap everything for the most part uh, was so available to them for the most part and and they feel very let down that those things aren't available to to them as as freely as it was to their parents and i'm gonna say this next part not as like not as somebody saying like i knew i know better than you if you have been feeling this kind of frustration because i i just see it so often from so many people but from a somewhat early age i realized that those things i don't think are ever going to be available as they were to the generation that came before us uh, generation X is truly like the last generation that that kind of gets the tail end of that, and and uh, us millennials and and those a uh, younger, we need to we need to think more like pirates. We need to be able to see when there's opportunity, and head towards that. To be able to know when something good has arisen, and to be able to cultivate that and gather folks around us and bring them in and and have all of these wonderful opportunities. Uh, so, and I'm saying like, not as a pirate as in like, you have to steal everything. <laughs> right. Um, or you have to dumpster dive, but you just, you really have to have that kind of, I'm just going to say like a, almost like an entrepreneurial, although not in an entirely business oriented sense, a way of seeing the world and striking out. Things are getting more expensive. Things university degrees for the most part mean almost nothing now right like they mean i had a friend who has two master's degrees and has to work at starbucks and they're not like shitty master's degrees in like mime or something like that <laughs> dudes dudes got master's degrees in history of science and like things yeah and he's got a job at starbucks he can't find any other work I know some people do have luck and there is nepotism that exists and all of these kinds of, and it's about who you know as much as these kind of things, but we have to lean into this kind of stuff. And as magicians, truly that is, that is, I've mentioned it in my episode, how to start doing magic. We do have to be like pirates. We do have to kind of see when, when opportunity arises and to take advantage of them. And that doesn't mean taking advantage of other people. And again, I'm not saying like be mean and, and like steal, Every once in a while, you know, you do have to try and look out for yourself. Not everything is is going to be based on on being compassionate to others, but I would say that being compassionate to others is is a really good thing. And and it is truly about who you know. Involve people who who enrich you as much as you enrich them. But uh, just with seeing a, a load of frustration uh, from people, I never went to university. I, I, I well, I went to one year of film school and then like a half a semester or a semester of of other school. And it just didn't seem right to me. I saw all my other friends fall more and more into to financial debt. And I had some really dark periods of, of where I was like, I don't know. I'm picking cigarette butts out of the ashtray to smoke. Like that's I where I was for long, yeah, long periods of my life. I eventually found my way. And I know it's there is a frustration to see that the thing that has come before is no longer available, but and also in a way that's 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 strangely freeing. Um, this is something I've mentioned uh, in other times, in that for some people it works. The idea of having one career and then that's the career you do for the rest of your life, but uh, not um, not many people are so lucky that to get a career in something that they truly love and that they truly can excel at and love at the same time. So I always tell people, don't settle for something you don't love. It's, it's, it is, it is a hard thing to spend your life climbing a ladder only to find out that it is up against the wrong wall. And, and so, yeah, be that person that you're going to, you're probably going to have six careers in your life or six like big jobs or things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't make you a failure. So be that pirate. Seize the opportunities when they come up, and just kind of, just kind of go where the uh, the wind blows and where the sails take you. And that's a very cliche thing to say to end it. Like, but uh, but I I do truly believe it. Uh, yeah, this is, I, we're we're in pirate times when butter costs ten dollars. We're in pirate times.
1: Yeah, amen. Um, I love it. And that is truly the, um, just the the genuine overall mindset that uh, of this show in general. You know, that's the. Like I said, that's the whole reason that I will. I I couldn't stop doing this show at this point because it's just in my blood talking about all these things, being involved with these things. Um, I can't separate from it. Uh, because I guess if we were to put a, a cherry on top of our last conversation, moving forward, um, would you agree that magic? If you were just to give the most bare bones definition that seems to like it could work, you know, to a believer and a skeptic, um, magic is in essence, it's some sort of um adaptation in effect, it seems, correct? It
2: um like I I it's it's tough to give it like a, an a an evolutionary um descriptor i i understand what you mean and, and what's funny about magic is that just like with things like the mind or even the universe itself its description and the things that we compare it to changes throughout times i remember when a lot of people mm-hmm. were talking about about magic in like the late 90s they they would talk about magic like hacking reality and so it had this like computer metaphor um so now we're seeing like more uh, nature based uh, metaphors and things like adaptation gets involved but it, it truly is I mean, there's other people who've talked about it as, it, even in like betting metaphors, like magic is the way in which we can uh, game the system and gain an advantage over people who don't believe in magic. So keep your magic close to your chest and these kind of things. Magic as an adaptation, it's tough because it's it's magic is such a slippery thing to define even at the best of times. Does right. it give me an advantage in certain regards? Yeah, because I do think it, that there is this weird... The, I, I have no problem with spelling magic without the K. And I I like that I, I say magic in the same way that somebody who calls themselves a stage magician or an illusionist would say magic. <laughs> because what I do are tricks. They're, what I do are is things that I think trick reality or trick things in my life. And it's not that I think that it's not real. It's just, to me, they see, it seems like magic. Just, just like you would explain to a five-year-old, right? Like, oh, hey, guess what? I'll use a very rudimentary example. Uh, I think last time we talked about sigils and and things like that, or or might've been a different podcast. Forgive me, Anthony, it's been so long. Um, No, we sure brought it up. Yeah, we brought it up. So if I say like, I draw, I draw these things and then I do a little ritual and then they come true. That's a trick that is like if we want to call it an adaptation sir it gives me an advantage or it can give me something to 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 push me ahead of 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 people who don't use these kind of things so in that sense it could be it could be an adaptation for sure but i i personally i have no problem with being considered like an illusionist or 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 a stage magician because Everybody gets paid at the end of the day, right? That guy, that guy's, that guy's doing his own kind of tricks that he knows is not real. I'm doing tricks that I, I know are real, uh, that the the rest of consensus reality still has a hard time making room for, but they work for me. So, uh, I, I would, I would say adaptation, sure. I like. I still like calling them tricks and spells and and charms. Like I have, I have no problem with calling it that kind of that kind of lofty, uh, lofty whimsical stuff. I have no problem with that.
1: That is a refreshing mindset. Uh, you probably you must be a fan of the movie, uh, The Prestige, right?
2: I haven't seen it. I, I heard what? about. It. I heard there's oh, a book. Yeah, man. Yeah. I and here's the crazy thing. I worked at a video store at the time when that movie first came out. That's. Uh, it was. Uh, it's Chris. was it a Chris Nolan movie with yeah, Jackman yeah. and uh Bale?
1: Mhm, indeed. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I never had a chance to see it. I I skipped. I either just wasn't on my radar enough, or I was probably too busy watching. I don't know Igmar Bergman films. I want. I'm. I just finished recording a Patreon episode in which I talk about uh, movies for for October and for Halloween. And I admitted there I am like the I'm the worst movie snob. <laughs> like, I, I'm the absolute. I'm an insufferable. Like I, I will be <laughs> like oh. Oh, 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 you like that film. Well, let me tell you about this Japanese film called Vengeance is Mine, in which it it really takes in the heart of a serial killer in in uh in 80s Japan. It's far better <laughs> than anything you will have ever seen. I'm that dude. And that movie is true. It that's a real movie and it is great. That but, sounds very I, good. Oh, I'm I'm such a horrible nerd. And so I just maybe it was I just never got around to to it there was a stage show was it not or did or did david bowie appear in that film Um, david
1: bowie plays nikola tesla so oh there you go
2: so that's pretty dope yeah yeah. but wasn't it a book first
1: it was yeah and then for whatever reason at the same time within like a few months uh ed norton in the illusionist came out so there was just like this weird magic thing going on yeah and but and that movie was okay but the prestige is like everything you just said um really reminded me of that so it's a it's a really uh winding interesting movie but anyway i digress um i've got a note
2: yeah if it's got david bowie in it it can't be that bad right
1: oh man bowie as tesla is just wild he does a great job yeah he does a great job but uh um so we talked about um you know some of the mindsets i i I think perhaps the biggest mindset, it's almost uh, like uh Thoreau's quiet desperation that every individual has. Uh I think is a good way to encapsulate how we began this. And I think that more often than not, that is that seems to be the the hearkening of like the initiate in the way in a way. And uh, but there are other reasons that people get into esotericism and uh and you know, one step at a time though. Um so bridging some gaps here we're talking about adaptation and, and, uh, and also just simple uh, trickery as well in that hermetic sort of sense. Um, Let's talk about your practice a bit and uh, why, you know, how you got into these things, why you do them, what, what you get out of it uh, because I know (laughs) I was thinking about this before uh, we recorded. Um, I, when it comes to like genuine magic, so to speak, um, I'm like a I can make a real good meal of steak and potatoes. um, you know, I can make a fine meal, but I am not going to be able to open a small restaurant with a nice menu uh, I, I i'm I don't know if I could take the uh the metaphor that far with you, but I know you certainly are a bit more of a chef of magic than I am, so I'm very interested uh to to volley this over to you and uh, and hear about your personal ins and outs and what however much detail you want to get into.
2: Sure. Like, what, what do you want to know, man? Because there's so many different aspects of, it, like, what do I do from a day-to-day? What would I do if I have a day off and, and feel like doing some magic? Uh, I can talk about any of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, so much to parse through. First off, what would you – labels can be silly, but what would you call yourself? You mentioned it in the last episode, and you also mentioned – uh, necromancy in terms yeah. of ancestor worship, and I know to a layman that might you know the necromancy—the only thing they know is like the the like a dark elf in a Forgotten yeah. Realms video game that can spell a you know bring a familiar
2: out you know like a zombie right. to hang out. So so what's up here? So I called the when people ask me what kind of magic do you do, you know, other people will be like. I'm a Thelemite, so that means I I take my cues from the work of Aleister Crowley. Or somebody be like, I'm a Golden Dawn magician, ceremonial magician, which means that they they take their cues from the uh, the written work of uh, S. L. McGregor Mathers from the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, a 19th century occult order. When people ask me, Doug, what kind of magic do you do, I say I am a a goetic, negromantic, necromancer. Who dabbles in Greco-Egyptian shenanigans, and then most people will say, "What?" And I'll go, "I'm a chaos magician," just to make things easier, and they go, oh, "Okay," because some people actually know what that is. So let's let's take apart uh, what I, I said. So Goetic goet um, gois was this thing that was uh, known in they were they were a group of people, kind of like how we would say. Um, people that do confidence tricks on the street well in archaic greece uh there were these people called goas and they would talk to the dead if 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 you paid them uh they could be the ones who could could cross the threshold and talk to dead loved ones for you and they there would be usually um they were viewed as being contemptible by uh the more um uh erstwhile uh, members of greek society people, uh, plato talks about the Goas in a really dis, uh, disparate way but they're those <laughs> who they're those who conjure uh, spirits of the dead or um chthonic forces or forces of the under of the of the greek underworld uh, anyway so a lot of people would know the term uh, goetic uh, from this grimoire called the Ars Goetia, in which one summons uh, demons or or infernal spirits. They're called infernal spirits. They're basically demons. Uh, anytime that there's a show that brings up demons, uh, there's these illustrations of these weird animal-like things, or like a, an owl with long legs. That's taken from a book called uh, The Dictionary Infernal, which took the names of these uh, demons from this 16th century grimoire called the Ars Goetia. Anyway, goetia is what is goetia goetia is just basically an understanding that there are chthonic forces uh, in in chthonic underworld forces or even sublunar forces in which one can can contact and, and be in contact with. Uh necromancy is uh, what we can call just plain old dark black magic and what people would consider black magic. Um negro just basically means black and mancy is reading, so it's kind of not the best uh it's not the best descriptor, like black reading or stuff like that, <laughs> but but what it is is basically um, uh, it's evocation and conjuration of of spirits, be they spirits uh, of a cathartic nature like the goas, or be they uh, uh, angels perhaps, or things of that sort. It just basically means that I do a I do a specific kind of um, Solomonic magic, which is uh, another. It's a magic that where king solomon perhaps built his temple with the aid of of spirits or infernal spirits and things of that kind and had them trapped in vessels and then uh, after they finished this work and that he could conjure them to do his bidding a uh, necromancy necromancy is the thing that um what was later put on top of what is necromancy. when people were practicing negromancy they would call those people necromancers but just they just basically meant that these people were doing black magic but necromancy to me is the um uh, it is the using the aid of the dead human spirits to aid you in your in your endeavors as well as an understanding of of those who have come before us and have laid down their lives particularly as spirits with agency in this world and Greco-Egyptian shenanigans mm-hmm. is where I take cues from uh, a series of scrolls that we have uh, translated, called the Greek Magical Papyri, in which uh, it's just like a like a shitty book of. Of spells that you go into a new age store and it'd be like a spell a day 365 spells well there was these series of scrolls that were found some dating uh, uh pre-modern or common era some dating post common era so we're talking of about 600 years in which these cr- scrolls were written there's no real continuity through all of them some of them are from what is called the uh, the magical theban library uh, anyhow Basically what these are, this is the Indiana Jones shit that people really like. So these are real scrolls, real things that exist in museums that uh, if you were a curator at the museum, you could actually go and find them of like things to do that are magic. Oh, say I want to send a dream spell to somebody. There's There are uh, scrolls that have this. And a, a lot of these were actually for most likely we think these scrolls were kind of like the workbook of somebody in Thebes who for 6 months of the year would be a priest in the the temples there in the, the kind of weird uh syncretic weird strange religion that they have because we have we have egyptian gods next to um uh things like adonai which is <laughs> like the the army and the host of 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 Archangels and Hebrew mysticism. It's so bizarre. But this guy would have been six months a priest, and then six months he would have been a traveling sorcerer. So, anyways, this you can you can go into a bookstore and buy it. It's called the Greek Magical Papyri, translated by Hans-Dieter Betts. There's a new one as well, but it's just this, this crazy repository of just a ton of spells that it's almost seemingly covers absolutely everything. So I find a great deal of um, of stuff there as well. So that's what I mean when I say I'm a goetic negromantic necromancer who has flourishes of greco-egyptian shenanigans so that's kind of like the basis of where my work is now so a lot of it is to do with uh spirits truly um when i first started out magic i was all chaos magician and then uh, i kind of drifted towards more ceremonial based magic when conceptions of psychology part of me was like magic's only a way of tricking your mind but this stuff isn't actually real and then you start having experiences where oh yeah Spirits and ghosts are real, and they have an agency. And depending on what kind of rituals you do, uh, they can help you with certain things. Um, and this is the true Western uh, magical tradition that is is uh, present and has an empirical evidence of it in the shape of these books called grimoires. So that is where I take most of my cues from. I love history. Again, I was hugely, hugely influenced by Indiana Jones. I loved that shit. Like, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that strange, like Christian, like weird Christian, religious old Testament and new Testament mysticism stuff. That's good shit to me. And it actually has real precedent and real evidence within uh, European uh, culture over the last 2000 years. Um, so I don't, I don't need the psychological explanation spirits are incredibly real and every aspect of my magic these days revolves around these kind of things. And I've also made a little bit of room recently for, um, what we will call, uh, fairies and stuff like that. Fairies, gnomes, the, this, this just too much. It's, it's, it's a weird one. So, uh, uh, in my day to day ancestors, ancestors are very important. Uh, it's everybody's ancestor. Everybody has ancestors. There's you're here for or, You're here corporeally in a body because people came before you and, and I'm fairly close with my family. I just got back from visiting my grandmother for her 95th birthday. Love you, grandma. You're doing great. Great to see you. Right. Like a family has always been very important to me, despite, you know, some family members being complete shitheads, but I (laughs) I forgive, I forgive (laughs) for the most part, but, um, my ancestors, I've asked to help me with influence in in quite a few things that I do. And and just because they can help influence me doesn't mean I follow their advice all the time. Um, A lot of times they're just kind of there to help uh, have a a somewhat stable foundation for a lot of what I do. So the day-to-day stuff is mainly ancestral in, in that regards. But every once in a while, I want to have shit accomplished. And I want to do things. And I want some tricks. I want... To trick or hack or have a, an adaptation above, to go with the lingo we're using for this episode, to have an adaptation above what I can do normally here on, uh, in my own me- within my own means without having to use magic. And for that, I'm going to go to spirits. <laughs> and sometimes uh, there are things that would make a lot of people uh, think that I'm absolutely crazy um, and would probably use the word demon. Uh, but I just call them spirits. They're spirits. Robinson, um, just it's rising, spit the fire
0: on these cultures, told me, go to hell. Oh well, reppin' for the culture, effervescent life, shining like spirits in the water, moonshine, never on the mic, death before the sun, the devil's salted science. Got the beast steady multiplying. Nobody questionin' the wisdom of a starving lion, My heart is iron, strongest giants ain't as hard as I am. You can't change the world. Nothing wrong with trying, nothing wrong with dying, righteous on the road to Zion, Your mama crying, flooded islands, drippin', no replying. no complyin' with the system. Victims want a riot. We like the wrong storm in castles with the ultra violence. We never silence in the war zone. The stem us. The Venom Plus exit takes brain with metal bust. One in the temple trust, leaving tiny mental crust. Ash to ashes, return to elemental dust. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than trusting in school, there's a winter storm. I'm shivering arms, I'm bitter
3: and calm. Strong and hard.
1: Has gravity got you down? Do you not understand the difference between a wave or a particle? What about the planets? How do all those rotate around each other? Laws of physics and other sciences can be confusing. So the next time you're curious just how exactly E equals MC squared, hire a highly trained and qualified professional. That's right, it's SPACE Space LAWYERS! Space lawyers are skilled in litigation with the laws of time, space, cosmic ghost pirates, and various other lawyerings. Each space lawyer has a PhD in space Space law law from the cosmic hall of space Space justice, Justice. and they can get you out of just about any sticky situation. So stop bonking your head on things or accidentally creating big bangs with your haphazard studies in quantum Quantum physics. physics. Leave all of that to the highly trained professionals prepared to litigate these laws for you. Just call one 800 space for more info. Space,
0: space lawyer. lawyer?
1: Space Lawyers cannot be used in a regular court of law. They can only accept cash and no cosmic traveler checks nor Visa debit cards. Please wait up to four cosmic business days for our Space Lawyers to get back to you.
4: Hello. Is this thing on? Okay, please edit this out for me Um, but uh, my name Is Steve Buscemi Formerly known as uh, Jefferson Tillamook Slinger As many of you know I am a big fan Of the Highlander movies And television show But many of you may not know How confusing And fucking stupid That the uh, that the whole uh, storyline is And I'm here to tell you as a public service announcement to all them, them youngins out there that don't understand the Highlander franchise, it's okay. You're not alone. And if it makes you feel any better, basically the director's cut of the first movie and the TV show are the only things you really need to pay attention to. Everything else is just retconned bullshit. And uh, it's a mockery. Um, so... Just forget about, you know, the second and third movies and all those sci-fi channel movies. It was all not good. Um, It just served to confuse people. And even the people involved with those projects have pretty much said, don't think of those as an official story. So don't worry, maybe you can rest easy at night. But the fact of the matter is, the Highlander series might be perhaps the biggest botch in all of nerd culture history. Um, uh, next to things like uh, the movie Jumper with Hayden Christensen could have been great was not very great also uh, Die Hard was a Christmas movie and I am a classy movie critic
2: <coughs> oh
3: god how'd it do everybody it's your good old friend Tippy Patson here from the, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Behold, for I have something to to lay upon you. Okay. Um, recently, I uh, I smoked this uh, this drug called uh, uh, a a basuco. It's from Colombia. Uh, my buddy gave it to me, and it's cocaine paste. You see. Um, and I recently been doing some of this, and um, it occurred to me that last night. After some Google searching, um, what happened to me after smoking some bazooka was, um, I achieved Tibetan rainbow body. How about that, y'all? Yeah, my body shrank. I got all real tiny. Uh, I started like emitting rainbows from my body and like I smelled really good as they say, uh, that the people do and dang old man i even you know i didn't die i'm good i'm still good right here but i even lost a few pounds so i was thinking you know how about i just go dang old on and sell uh tippy Patson's rainbow body weight loss program dang old man that's right you know shed a few pounds the the tibetan buddhist way and uh you know you can go to my website um uh, Timmy Patson and all that, or you can dial one 800 uh for more info. Now, um, a part of this is uh, you need to know more about this Basuko drug, okay? Um, it's very interesting, and uh, it helped me in the whole process of achieving Rainbow Body. Uh, and it's, like I said, it's a cocaine paste. Um, it's extracted, not in laboratories, but like good old fashioned, like in people's kitchens and stuff. And it's, uh, it's uh, extracted and dissolved with uh, things like gasoline, sulfuric acid, chloroform, kerosene, uh, uh, acid from car batteries. And then, it's, and then it's cut, you know, to make bigger uh, and give it a little bit of a punch um, with Ajax, uh, talcum powder. You know, ground-up bricks or cornstarch and things like that. And on the streets, they call it things like uh, Suzuki, uh, Banana, Little Devil, and Freckles. So it's a real dang old fun thing to smoke, and it tastes real good, y'all. So, you know, smoke some bazooka and, uh, you know, partake in Tippy Patson's uh, Rainbow Body Weight Loss program, y'all. Come on, let's do it together. We'll uh, we'll be small, tiny people with uh, the rainbow body away, and then we'll, you know, it'll be a good time. All right, take it easy, everybody.
0: Thank you. It was a stone Group, my man. You are the most white. Right. Yeah, right, just get the fuck out, man. Let's go.
2: Mad so,
1: yeah, very fascinating. And to help what people, say, try, I've said this before. Um, try, just so like generally speaking, uh, whenever I think someone needs to be refreshed on the complexity of these things, just say like, look, you know, practically speaking, we know that uh, Catholic priests do horrible things to children sometimes, and there are some really cool a lot of really cool genuine altruistic satanists out there like leve stylized satanists if you will so um these things are not black and white clearly and uh so so i guess to pinpoint this a little bit um what do you think is going on firstly um because there's so many different uh traditions uh, religions schools of thought and there are, and you know, you're, uh, you, you, you appreciate Carl Jung, um, as we talked about in the last episode. So like, what is, I know there's a, there's a, there's a danger in just oversimplifying things and hodgepodging things together. So, excuse me. Um, what would you say here are the overlapping points, I guess, and and how much specificity is there? Because in some sense, there's a lot – like, intention is so key. And if you are being altruistic and bettering yourself, who's to say what's better, being a Christian or a, or a Satanist, you know?
2: I think that one of the lessons that that Carl Jung has, and, and I think this is where a lot of people tend to get do- bogged down in a lot of his stuff, is that um, saying something that, like there's a – an overworld or perhaps that there's um, like a universal consciousness or or something, an underlying consciousness through, through everything um, that he's talking about something specific. And there's nothing wrong with that idea. Uh, I do like the idea of of an overworld, but I tend to look at something that like what Carl Jung is saying, particularly with things like archetype and this, uh, this universal underlying consciousness that he brings up that, That there seems to be these very deep cart ruts throughout the human experience that has manifestations that go through a lot of different spiritual traditions. Death and rebirth seem to be one of them. We can go right back to something like ancient Sumer or even ancient Egypt and areas like this. So what is our job as magicians is to not say – and this is one of the things that – I had a problem with uh, first gen, not first gen, but like '90s and early uh, 2000s conceptions of chaos magic. Is that they look at this stuff and say it's all the same? Oh, oh, the Jesus myth is the same as the myth of of Mithras, which is the same as the myth of Wotan, which is the same as the myth of of uh, Dionysus, and it's just like that was really rubbish. But what mm-hmm. this stuff is is that that's indicative that there are these really these tracks that humanity seems to travel on that get expressed in many different ways. Now that's not to say that they're the same, but it's to actually just be able to say they look very familiar. And one of my heroes, a person who I think more magicians need to know about is this guy by the name of Jeffrey Kripal. And he is all about this, uh, this act of called comparativism in which you do not privilege one thing over the other. So I'm not going to privilege the 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 idea of death and resurrection and rebirth as Christian as being better or more pertinent to the idea of death and redemption than, say, the story of Osiris within within ancient Egypt. But to look at these things and basically notice all of the similarities and how they compare to each other and what is the overall story of these kind of things, that is truly what Carl Jung was talking about for the most part And that there's there's these things that just arise and they exist outside of you. That was the whole point of Philemon is that these things are not within the human brain. These things have been here for a long period of time. There's many manifestations of it. It goes by different names. It's not to say that they're completely universal, even things like sun worship is not universal throughout all cultures but a lot of them do and a lot of them share some very oh floods those turn up in so many mythologies so as our job of magicians i think um and and even people who are interested in this kind of stuff because we are inundated i don't have it but i see i see ads for it maybe i shouldn't mention by name but there's there's television new television stations that pop up that are fairly um, I'm going to say pseudo-spiritual that just basically say like, oh, the legend of Atlantis is the same as the legend of this kind of thing. And it's just the same. And they're just telling the same story. They're not. They're telling very different stories mm-hmm. that seem to have similar themes. And so to say that one is is something that it's... To, to combine them all together really, really makes them... It dilutes them, I, I truly think. And so... When I say that there are deep cart ruts, it's it's to look and see what things are similar, how they're similar, how they're different, and to realize that they're all important in telling not the same story, very unique stories, but telling them differently. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I truly truly do think that um, to say that – I'll just use this example again – to say that the story of – of the resurrection as, as put forward by something like Christianity is the best manifestation of that. And that it is the same as all of the others is it dilutes things so much. These stories are important. The reason that they're important and the reason that they register with us. And the reason that they're still alive right now is that there's some deep rooted thing outside of us in which these currents take us and that's really hard for people to understand that 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 there seems to be an agency or a story to the human experience that is uh external to our us to us our consciousness or what we can call mind as magicians that's that's this is our playground So we need to stop – we really need to stop doing that thing where we just say everything's the same as everything else. And everything's universal. This is universal. Fairies are universal. They're not. But there are a ton of stories of small people that have magical powers, right? And so just to look at each and every one of the ways that it manifests is a very, very important thing. I repeated myself a whole lot in that answer, Anthony, but I hope I made my point.
1: No, yeah, very well said. I mean, a lot of these things uh, can only – be explained or at least best explained, you know, through layers of the onion, you just got to peel it back and circle back on yourself a little bit. But um and yeah, I mean um well articulated the fine line between understanding the commonalities uh and also giving room for the differences because threading that needle is very important. Um so help me parse this out more uh because i understand your vernacular but i'm very interested in fleshing this out more and you know every, the people who listen to the, to this show are uh pretty well versed um but i do think that uh something that people enjoy about the show is an open-minded skepticism so um I'm sure there are plenty of people listening who are, you know, very interested in this conversation, but they they still want to understand uh, some of the ins and outs more. So what do you do in practicing, quote unquote, black magic, Douglas? What does that mean exactly?
2: Oh, okay. So this is actually going to be something that I'm going to talk about fairly soon on my main podcast, but the, the, this, the idea of the conception of black magic, um, a lot of people will say stories of of things like it comes from this idea, and I hear this so often, and it kind of drives me crazy. But it's it comes from Egyptian concepts of magic because uh, Egypt was known as as the land of the black earth or dark earth because. Uh, they had such fertile growing and stuff like that. And and truthfully, uh, black magic doesn't come from that. I hate to break, I hate, I hate to spoil the party, um, <laughs> It's it's truly it comes from Palfrey, who was a who was a Neoplatonist uh, in his conceptions of the difference between something that uh, another magician by the name of Agrippa he wrote a book called three book he wrote three books called the three books of occult philosophy but it's the difference between theurgy and Goetia. so theurgy is this kind of 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 an idea that one can get in contact with, with higher forces through things like uh like ritual, and to get into contact with, say, something like uh, one's uh, uh, one's personal daemon or with angels and things of this variety. And then there were that other sort that were practicing things uh like Goesha or the Goas. And I, I mentioned what that was. These were the the seedier people within uh, ancient Greece that w- would be viewed with with contempt by the the better aspects of the societies. Because Greek society was very stratified for a long period of time. I can't talk about it in very broad terms, but particularly Athens itself was was very stratified as far as, far as class was concerned. A lot of people that joined mystery traditions would only do so because of class. It wasn't so much. And, and those mystery traditions serve a uh function in getting higher... Um, higher states of of being, not higher states. Sorry, it, to be able to contact higher aspects of of the spirit world as it was, which was something that the Neoplatonists uh, came into. Uh, it became their bread and butter for the most part, particularly guys like uh, Iamblichus. Uh, but um, right. uh, anyhow, there was this other side. These were the the dirty people that were the the goas, and they, what they were doing was goesha, and that's like common conjuring of of spirits, spirits of the dead specifically. So when I, when I say that what I do is necromancy or black magic, what I truly mean is that I'm I'm in contact and I'm doing ritual with implements that I have consecrated and sometimes without all of the the bells and whistles that people think and associate with black magic like drawing a circle on the floor I do that that's something I do but sometimes I don't require that because I've already done that and the spirits will 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 answer me when I ask them to appear in a certain guise so that's truly like black when I I don't curse people like that's not the thing so when people's idea of black magic i want to remind them that that comes from this idea of goetia and what was later termed necromancy or black reading but it just means like black magic so it's it's evocation of spirits on a chthonic level or an underworld or a sublunar level there seem to be more terrestrial they're not like angels although sometimes they think they are some people have made the uh, the argument that perhaps the the spirits that we we have on a more terrestrial level are are fallen angels? There's that wonderful story that we have of, of <laughs> the idea of fallen angels and watchers and things of this variety. For me, I'm undecided as to what exactly they are. All I know is that when I do certain things, they tend to show up and they tend to help me with the things that I ask them to. And it's not—I'm not asking for like money or riches. I just—I'm literally asking for like a leg up, or in some instances, I'm asking for uh, uh, clearer messages and inspiration. I'm asking for just a small thing that seemed out of my reach. Um, right now, that I can get help with that sigils won't help me with, and other means of magic like Abre Camino spells won't help me. I just, I just want a little bit more th- uh, understanding. Truly, if if I'm I'm asking. If I'm having trouble understanding a certain thing, there are spirits that can help me try to understand it better, right? Like If you go through something like the Ars Goetia, some of the things that they have listed in the the list of what these, uh, these infernal spirits have the capacity to do, they can teach things about astrology, they can teach things about rocks and gems. So it's literally just like, again, to use the idea, trick or hack or adaptation, I'm going to these fellows to be like, hey, I'm conjuring you. I need help. Help me understand this better. Help me understand this faster. I don't want to have to go through like another book like the Ars Notoria, in which I spend like nine months rereading prayers and passages. I want this now. So it becomes more of a heuristic. So that's all I mean by black magic. It's just going back to the actual definition of how the term was originally laid out by somebody who was the first person where we can actually point and say that it's black magic and it's a neoplatonist by the name of porphyry and he was he was talking about the difference between theurgy and not thaumaturgy. thermaturgy is a whole different thing but theurgy and goetia
1: yeah um you reminded me of the uh, the whole promethean allegory um like in if you're if you really want to call these things um, traditionally like christianly evil um you really have to answer the question like if you, even just metaphorically is is the Titan Prometheus was he really doing the wrong thing by giving fire to humans, and um that's yeah, that's a tricky question to answer I think um um uh I certainly uh don't think so, but I think even the most orthodox person might have to give pause to that um now. The the arts I'm actually going to
2: jump on that, Anthony. So that that uh, to talk about cart ruts and stories. So there's a story of that it, within the Old Testament as well, and there's there's different variations of it. But for the one, there's this idea of fallen angels that that were were put on on heaven, and and they they gave mankind the capacity to do like mathematics, astrology, making gems, makeup. Right. Especially they the book t- of Enoch. Right. So this is the, exactly, this is the stuff, right? This is another cart rut in which that, that, that story pops up. It's not the same Truly. story. It's a different variation of it, right? So if we're thinking of different people playing the same song or like cover versions, this is just a, 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 a it's not the same story. It's a different manifestation of it. But that these things were fallen angels, and that fallen angel story, truly, if you're to read stuff like the the work of a of a fantastic contemporary magician by the name of Peter Gray, owns a publishing company called Scarlet Imprint. He he's right that the fallen angels story or mythos, the Lucifer mythos, is the underlying myth of magic and witchcraft, specifically these beings or entities or angels or whatever they were were lured to earth by the wiles of women <laughs> right and this is going to be people going to be like, like dog that's sexist but no in the stories this is what it was they mm-hmm. want they fell in love and they wanted to couple with females female human beings and they created childs which were the ne- the children which were the uh, the nephilim right and this is people have riffed on this story and there's so much garbage um yeah. stuff th- floating around right now but pay attention to the other part of the story in that there was seemingly almost like a alien contact event in which from some other dimension heaven who knows what that taught us a way of engaging in sorcery and witchcraft and makeup, right? Like mm-hmm. and working with rocks and these kind of things. And that they were banished for it. And that they were they were cast out of heaven. And that this caused a fall in some way, right? A fall for, for them, a fall for humanity. So, yes, Enoch's a very interesting one. And 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 even this story also exists in the in the Old Testament as well. But uh that is Promethean, truly. That like that that's just a, it's a it's a cart run and it's a deep one but it's one that that's the, the these these things these spirits whether they i don't know if they're chthonic i don't know if they're celestial or heavenly or whatever but they seem to respond to the things that they taught us <laughs> that they were they were told that they taught us
1: yeah yeah um yeah good points um i'm glad uh enoch kind of worked his way into the conversation because i remember thinking um, at one point, just like man, no wonder this was edited out of the biblical canon. Just because, if you know, the modern day Christian, if uh, if they were to ever read this, it would it would break their brain because this seems to go against so much of what your average person is telling you at church. It's uh, it's way more esoteric than that. Um, but um, so the Ars Goetia, um, it's. It's been a minute since I've gone down these rabbit holes. That is the technical term for the like the list of the seventy-two lesser keys, correct? So the
2: the the, the book itself that it is a part of is called the Lesser Key of Solomon. So there are these things that are called claviculas, or that is the key of Solomon. It is a sub Byzantine but Europeanized grimoire that is basically about the the creation of of like of of circles and implements in which one can and tools in which one can do certain kinds of magic so those are uh, a, a kind of grimoire it's the most notorious grimoire we have we have over a hundred of these things well over a hundred of these things in libraries all across europe and even in north america um, but at one point there was the things called the lemegaton or the lesser Key, And that is some smaller grimoires that just kind of appeared over the place and then they were put together in into one, one kind of folio. And one of these is a uniquely English grimoire from the 16th century called the Ars Goetia. And in which there is a list of 72 infernal spirits. But otherwise, I use the term demon because it's what's most going to register with people. Um, if I say infernal spirits every time I say it, they're just going to be like, what do you mean? And I'm just saying, <laughs> it's, they're, de- they're demons. They're demons, all right? Um, in which it gives you the protocol and how to summon these ones specifically. And I think the reason that people really like this, this... Grimoire specifically is because it has a kind of supermarket esque capitalist, uh, consumer kind of tinge to it for things that I like. Grimoires that I enjoy using. My favorite grimoire is a grimoire called the Magical Treatise of Solomon or the uh, the Hegromantia. But these, this, which it's the proto key of Solomon, mm. so. The Key of Solomon, when you summon these things, you're summoning a great gathering of spirits, and you're just asking for spirits to show up and to help you. The Ars Goetia is different in that it's like you you choose one spirit, you do the process that's laid forth in the Ars Goetia, and then that one spirit is supposed to show up in uh, like a triangle that you've drawn outside of the circle that you are, you've also drawn and sta- are standing in and you have implements there. Um, and then you, uh, you, tr- you, you just basically say these things over and over again until you compel until that one demon uh, or infernal spirit appears. Uh, so it's, it's a long ten. It's sorry. It's not long tenure. It's actually one of the more uh, it's one of the newer uh, grimoires specifically, but it is very unique in the the sense that, yeah, it does have that supermarket feel where it's just like <laughs> I want to get the one I want to get the one that does this one thing as totally. opposed to all of these spirits can help me in the thing that I that I I need. So that's why I think people love it. Also, they each of the spirits have a, a very unique seal to them. They've been redrawn numerous times including redrawn by um Everybody's favorite uh, occultist of all time, Aleister Crowley, he stole a version of it from his teacher who uh, who he at one point was just, he absolutely loved and then he hated by the name of uh, S.L. Samuel Little McGregor Mathers, who was one of the founders, one of the three founders of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, who uh, had a version of uh, of the Lesser Key of Solomon. But Crowley took the, uh, the Ars Goetia out of that and released his own version. The sigils themselves, people really like them. They're really unique. They're really cool. They're really spooky. If you've never seen them before, it's Halloween season. Go find yourself uh, the Ars Goetia. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Crowley's version uh Mathers's version is kind of almost it's it's pretty incomplete uh go find Joseph H. Peterson's The Lesser Key of Solomon Uh, I believe it was released in about 2000 um it's great you can see the whole thing but yeah it's 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 a it's a fun grimoire and uh it's one that I I go back to quite a bit I've had some interesting experiences not the best experiences and by by best I mean like the biggest results um I think it's a um personal opinion don't everybody take it for what it's worth i think it's it's, it's kind of broken uh i had better results when i engage with something like the hygromantia i'll just like say that broken but through it's, it's like fun. telephone game kind of ways yeah i know i think i think for the most i think for the most part it 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 was probably what's the best way of saying it The Ars Goetia seems to me like uh, it's it's cobbled together from a lot of bits in hopes that it will work, and I think that it can work uh, if you do certain things. Uh, There's people. There's a gentleman by the name of Julius Caesar Odi who has a book he released called Magister Officiorum. I'm I'm talking a lot of shop right now, and I apologize for people, but uh, he basically says like there's these things within that grimoire of what they say that you don't need to do, Um, and and they're like a bit of a they're a bit of a hang up like they don't actually help the process itself so i think that it was it started off with a, an intent of using a whole bunch of different influences that don't really work out and so you kind of have to um jerry rig it um uh, to to get it working properly but i just i just use other grimoires that i I've, I've had i've had better results with but it's it's very popular is if there's demon names in any like tv show or any movie they're taken from the ars goetia like it, mm-hmm. there's, if you see if you google demon go to google type in demon and then hit the image tab there's going to be all of these like weird grotesque drawings that kind of look like uh yeah there's things with six legs and and as i said long-legged crowned owls yeah. and things like uh, a horse giant horses guy with a horse head like just that's, that's from the Dictionary Infernal, which is, uh, which is a, uh, a, a neat little book in which somebody did illustrations. Anyways, the, the, the Ars Goetia lives on in, in, in contemporary magical and in, even outside of magical, uh, the psyche. So uh, it definitely is. It's got a cart run of its own. People love the idea of, of putting a circle on the floor and, and calling demons. And that has a pedigree. The Ars Garisha is not the greatest example of it. Uh, It's merely just one example of it. And also the doing of it is what I would classify as necromancy and or Solomonic magic, truly.
1: Yeah, um, I'm sure, you know, most people listening to this show, uh, not that I'm concerned either way, but uh, you have an alchemical mindset anyway. So, but um, um, I will also draw to your attention just simply the cliche of the yin and yang or for some deeper, you know, some some more meat to sink your teeth into uh, the trees of life and death. Um, there's there When you look at the juxtaposition of these things, I think it makes a lot more sense, you know, because in the Western mindset, we get so bogged down in concepts of good and evil. And it's just we don't need to get into that here because I've done legwork elsewhere. And that's that, you know with just cause uh, could take over the whole conversation it's a fascinating one but um um suffice it to say you know look into the the juxtaposition of it all um but you know also given the fact that uh, we're recording this uh, the first week of october um have you had any spooky mishaps in your in your journey that you'd like to talk about was there ever like a a close call or anything like that um you're trying to figure out like a botched spell or anything
2: anything interesting of note yeah the one i, I the one i really like to tell people is um there's there's a long tenured uh magical uh technique called scrying um and for those that don't know the, this idea of Everybody's seen crystal balls and things like that. So it's kind of like that, but it's looking into an infinite an infinite depth, either glass or stone. Um, really early visions of it was looking into uh, your fingernail. Um, but scrying is just one of those things where that people would would look into an infinite depth mirror or a piece of glass. And they would see things in the glass. Or a lot of people would say, now, well, you see it in your mind. And I've always tried to look in, in the glass kind of thing. And um, it's very interesting. It's how, if people know the story of, of John Dee and Edward Kelly, uh, that's kind of how their angelic conversations would go. They were, Kelly was a scryer. Uh, Dee wasn't very good at scrying. So Kelly would look into this this crystal. And he'd see things, and John Dee would write them down. Uh, So this is something that has been going on in magic for a very long period of time. And there's there's indications in that uh, book, or sorry, that those scrolls that I talked about that are that are not really related to each other, but we just kind of call them the Greek Magical Papyri of things that kind of look like like they were doing scrying then as well. So we have evidence for this kind of thing for a very long period of time. So uh, there was. The I'll put it this way. I'll preface the story this way. Um, the material in which you use is usually fairly. Um, there's a reason that it's stone and earthy. I I would say for the most part. Uh, I was visiting um, a family member of mine uh, down in Mexico, and I was it was in the middle of of doing a lot of research on on scrying. And I was I was actually using scrying stones, and I, one of the reasons I was actually down in Mexico was to find a, a better scrying stone than the one that I had. I I had a um, a, a mirror, with that sh- that I, I spray painted the back of the sorry glass. I had a glass um, flat round glass cut of glass, sprayed the back of it. I used it, I still use it actually as, as a scrying mirror, but I wanted a scrying still. One of the reasons I was down in New Mexico is to pick one up. I eventually found one. But before then, what I was doing uh, is that I didn't have this while I was down there. And I there was a very fortuitous time in which they said it would be good to try and scry. So I used um, the closest thing that I had to an infinite depth mirror, which the, looking back at it now, it should have just been like a bowl with, red wine poured into it because that's infinite death truthfully but i used my ipad i use a first generation the first generation ipad which when it's not on to look into awesome and a lot of people and a lot of people these days have made a lot to do of the fact that you yeah pretty much everybody in the western world these days is staring into a scrying mirror and that there's a Mm -hmm. thread to pull there it's an easy comparison and it's a fun one to make as well and the the tv show uh black mirror and why the show black mirror is called black mirror takes on a new meaning when you've made these connections anyhow i use this mirror to scry um nothing happened while doing the scrying it was just like i'm staring into um it's dark i've got a couple of candles lit i did a few spells i got some incense going and i'm just looking into a first generation ipad that barely works <laughs> um, and barely has a battery i was there for like 45 minutes and nothing happened i didn't see anything with my other scrying mirrors normally the first thing that pops up is some kind of like a gray smoke within the mirror that means you're on the right track and, and truly try this everybody <clears throat> you can do this at home pardon me um been talking all day i just finished recording an episode so forgive me if my voice is a little hoarse um but go at tonight nothing bad's gonna happen truly unless you really fuck up nothing bad's gonna happen but just try this people get a candle light it put it behind you get something that is is dark like um like like a mirror or something um that's that's that has seemingly infinite depth or just pour red wine into a bowl and look into it while it's dark in the room with just one candle, and you will see like this weird gray mist arise in on the surface of whatever you're looking at. Very very cool. Um, when I did this scrying, nothing happened. It was it was bunk. I was literally staring at a shitty iPad. Um, <laughs> but I did this ritual that was of uh, from uh, <laughs> aspects pulled from the Greco, uh, the Greek magical papyri, uh, in which I was I was talking with a spirit. Uh, sorry, a deity that i'm I'm I, I well and truly. I wouldn't call it my patron uh, my patron god or deity. I don't really worship one specifically. I kind of have like an a quiver, if you will, of different spirits and entities that i that I go to and I interact with. but this was the um this was uh, Anpu, otherwise known as Anubis. it's the jackal-headed god of embalming for ancient Egypt. So I was evoking these names. <clears throat> nothing happened again but what happened in the days following is that there was some crazy poltergeist activity in my family members' house down in Mexico that was wow. kind of off the kind of off the charts. And to the to the point that my family other family members are like, What is going on here? Wow, like, this is weird. Like things falling, things coming off of like hooks. I know Mexico has earthquake problems, but and but there was nothing listed this day. Like electronics turning on and off and then on and off over like a period of it was really it was like if if it was all coincidences that all the coincidences all the coincidences decided to go off at the same time it was really spooky to the point where i i felt bad so i just kind of like did a small little cleanse <laughs> my, my family went out. To, my family went to do something and i was just like no i'm gonna hang out at home and so i did a small little uh small little clearing but yeah that's good of all of all the things and here's the thing that i try to tell people of all the things that i've had weird experiences my dalliances with what are called infernal spirits or demons um there's weird stuff that has happened but nothing compares to the weird strange wackadoo crazy stuff that it occurs when i interact with stuff from the greek magical papyri for some reason that shit has some real juice to it and it's very bizarre nothing overly terrible has happened but just really like that's spooky that is spooky to the point where now when it happens when i engage in that stuff i'm just kind of like come on come on stock it knock it out and just because it just happens with such regularity so that's the one i like to tell people <laughs> I, I i i tell uh fans of my show and they ask me like i wouldn't i don't know if it was because it was an iPad. Um, but I, I, I think that there's something to the idea of using like mirrors or crystal balls, as opposed to like your phone or an iPad. I, uh, I don't think the old gods like that stuff. Maybe it's because they, they feel like those are the new gods. Cause, uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm reaching here, but it is a very simple thing
1: to say, but, uh, perhaps. Interesting yeah. threads to pull for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. curious. Um, um, interesting story on that note. Um, we've kind of expressed the pirate mentality that I would like to draw people's attention to, uh, once again, um, sort of carving your own path at, uh, that chaos, magical mindset. Um, so with that open mindset in general, what, if any, um, are the specific don'ts that you would recommend to people? Uh, Things to keep an eye out for, things to be the most skillful at and be prepared for? Uh when doing uh these types of uh magical investigations, experiments, as Solomon would put it.
2: Um, I have a whole episode called How to Start Doing Magic. And I'm not trying to answer your question by saying go check everybody, go check that episode out, although it is a very important episode. But the one thing I tell people the biggest don't is lie to yourself. Um well be, said, be be brutally honest with yourself. If you are engaging in magic because you want to get your ex back, hang on to that. Be honest with yourself. If 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 you're trying to engage in this stuff because you want money, be honest with yourself. Don't sugarcoat it. And don't and don't be one of those people that when somebody else like and probably nobody will ever ask you why you're doing magic. But be brutally honest with yourself, the reasons and the intentions that you want to do magic. And don't sugarcoat it later on down the line, right? Like, I got interested in magic because, for one, I knew that the world as it was handed to me and and it it was explained to me, sorry, not handed to me, explained to me, was utter bullshit. And I knew that there was other avenues of exploration. I know that there's spirits and I know that there's this other stuff. And I just want to experience the different stuff that I know exists that has no explanation. That was that the the main reason that I do magic is that, which I'm it's no more honorable than saying like i I want to get into magic so that I look cool and i'm I want to get laid because <laughs> magic will magic will do that for you. But as long as you're honest with yourself that this is the reason that you're doing it, um that is an important thing. Don't lie to the one person that you have to be accountable to, which is yourself. The spirits or whatever forces you're engaging with know a bullshitter when they see one. I'm just going to say that. And reality comes down hard and can crush when you start pushing on these doors, right? Like you do not want to be caught out in chapel perilous as a liar. So the very first, like the very first don't, Don't lie to yourself. Be brutally honest to yourself. Other things, um, don't start off with cursing. Just, you know, it's... I get it. And cursing has a long tenure within magic as well. There's things called defixiones, uh, which are evidence we have of people writing down curses on tablets, poking them with a a nail, and then dropping them down wells in Rome and Greece. We find them all over Europe because it was a long-tenured thing. Cursing is a part of magic. Starting out by cursing, not a good reason to start doing magic. Maybe start cursing when you've got a little bit more more, uh, heft to what you were doing to begin with um but hopefully by the time you get 2 to 3 years into magic you'll realize that cursing is probably uh one of the lowest common forms of of magic it is a part of the story of magic absolutely but it's just kind of something that perhaps we don't need to do very much anymore um uh, what else uh don't believe everything you read truly just because there's a book in a store doesn't mean this person knows what they're talking about amen truly, truly just like i i love books i i love books so much it's a, a huge love of mine i try not to like put them on a on a pedestal but i'm also going to say this it's easy to write a book and it's easy to sound like an expert with a book and a lot of people have asked me when i'm writing a book and i i, I don't want to truly I just, I, my podcast just listen to my podcast that's all the information you need is there um but just because somebody's got to write written a book Most of the time, they don't have sources as to where they got their information from, and a lot of times, a lot of times, it's because people want to make money. I I hate to say it, like a lot of times, this stuff is released if it's about runes of the tarot or 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 things like that, uh, crystals. A lot of the times, uh, it's just just to make money. Um, I hate to say it, and that sounds really cynical. But uh, just because you read it in a book or just because it's in a book doesn't mean that it's it's actually real. Um, there are some people who do really good work out there. Um, and my podcast, I recommend as many of them as I can. I talk to a lot of them as well. Um, what else? I'm not gonna say don't start with a spirit-based conception of magic because I actually do think that's probably one of the better ways of getting a handle on magic. Uh, I would say that by trying to psychologize magic from the outset does you no favors. You will, find yeah. your, you will find yourself in very questionable waters very quickly if you continue to engage magic, or the other thing will happen is just you'll think everything's in your mind and you just will be like, well, magic's not real and just walk away. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think maybe my last little bit of advice is that um, don't be scared to know that magic just might not be for you. Reality is hard enough as it is. Reality sucks. We, we, this is how we opened our conversation. Reality, the stuff that our parents had, we don't get, we don't get as easy as they do. Why the fuck? Sorry, I swear, but why the hell would you want to put on another thing in this already hard life, Mm -hmm. right? Do not think that you're a failure if you're just like, magic is not my thing. I I don't think I need this. I'm having a hard enough time as it is. There are enough struggles. I don't need to believe in magic. Um, and I, I I'm I'm going to say this, and I don't want it to sound all cutesy, teddy bear, uh, 1980s, uh, cartoon stuff. But it's okay to say that you don't believe in magic. But it's too bad because magic believes in you. Remain don't curious.
1: You. Forget about me. I just right. hear like Breakfast Club in my head. Right. <laughs> but No, true you know, though. The, true.
2: Yeah. The, don't be afraid to walk away. Most people who are interested in magic eventually – it's not a part of their life there's a there's a proximity infatuation that occurs with magic there's nothing wrong with being curious for magic for a period of 3 years i'm a lifer i'm very lucky like I, I know how magical the universe is and that's why i want to share it with people that's what my podcast is about i love talking about magic this is this is my life i enjoy it so much you can ask anybody who knows me that since i've started my podcast and i start to talk about magic i am insufferable sometimes I am not a fun person to hang around because I will start talking as like, if you think if you listening, if you listener are listening to this podcast is like, this guy talks at a mile a minute. Imagine how I must be in real life. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible. Very few people think I'm cool. I barely think <laughs> I'm cool. Actually, I'm very uncool, but um, it's Okay that magic can just be interesting for a little while and it's okay to walk away from it. It totally fine. You're not a failure. No, you're not a failure. If you don't think magic's for you, you're not a failure. Also, if you just don't think that it has a space in your life, if you have kids doing this kind of stuff, yeah, it can be dangerous. I'm not going to say like, Oh yeah, go ahead. Crack the airs. Goisha. When uh, little Emily um, in nine months old is next door. <laughs> that's fucking dumb. Like yeah. I'm just going to say that's dumb. Right.
1: Yeah, it's like taking acid in the same right. circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Just take don't it easy. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't
2: do that. These things like you're messing with forces you don't understand. Yeah, you are. Um but also like if 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 it's okay if your regular life takes precedence over this thing that the rest of the world over the last 300 years has said is utter bullshit. There's nothing wrong with just saying, nah, I don't have space for this right now. It doesn't mean that you can't later on in life. So so don't be afraid to just say, you know, it's not for me. It's okay. So that's like the big don'ts um, for the most part. But uh, also one of the big don'ts is uh, don't ever stop being curious. And I mentioned this in my episode, How to Start Doing Magic. Uh, when people, when I get a lot of emails, I get so many emails, Anthony, and I'm, I'm not saying this to like humble brag. I get so many emails, and then I get emails from people just basically being like, I listen to your podcast, I love what you do, uh, but I'm walking away from magic, I just, I can't do it anymore, um, something's happened in my life, uh, it's just too much, and I always reply the same thing back, I just say, I have, I have one, I've given you so much already, I hope you enjoyed what I did, I hope you were entertained but you need to do one more thing for me. And I really hope this doesn't sound like really cliche and that I'm some kind of like doyen for the world of magic. Um, But I say, just stay curious, remain curious, remain inquisitive uh, because that truly is, I think, the the spark in which everything is as beautiful as it is right now. And that sounds really new agey, uh, but it's true. I I think that, curiosity is 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 everything that's where imagination curiosity is where imagination flourishes and and so even if you don't believe in magic stay curious yeah don't uh, lose that don't lose that part of why you came to magi- magic to begin with because you came to magic because you were curious don't get I, rid of that i love that yeah honesty
1: curiosity and I don't know what one catchy word for this one would be, but not over-psychologizing things. As someone that is such um, a a fan, for lack of a better term, of Jung, I am the first one to admit that once you over-psychologize these, these concepts, they lose the spark. And there's
2: something... And truthfully, it goes, it goes both ways, Anthony. You can think that everything's magic. And there's so many times where again i get emails and i just tell people don't use magic for that you don't need magic for that <laughs> particularly when people when people come to me with like like how do i how do i make myself more attractive i say don't do magic just like literally join a gardening club what interests you do you like that kind of stuff have you joined a club is there other people there are there are things happening wherever you are i don't care where you are that you can join in that that will enrich you and make you a better person and make you a more attractive person and, and i i really hope that doesn't sound like of course people will be like oh i'm neuro i'm, I'm uh i'm a neurodivergent and things like that but i I, tr- I truly think that most things do not need a magical remedy <laughs> right like, right. I, would like agree. I i i truly think that so you can go the other direction you can think that everything involves magic and you can say everything has a magical explanation Um, life is inherently magical. Yes, but I don't think that you have to apply that toolkit to everything that you see. Um, I think that that's in a way that that's dangerous as well in the same way that saying that everything's just psychology is. Um,
1: excuse me. Very well said. Um, and I think I'm not wrapping it up quite yet, but to, to meld some ideas together, I think the Um, there's a lot of variety of magic and magical mindsets that um, we've encapsulated in this conversation, the last one we had, and uh, me picking this apart with other guests and things. Um, But one thing I'm, or a couple, one topic uh, I I really have been looking forward to picking your brain about um, is, I don't know, for lack of a better term, the more mundane magic, because this is something like, I myself could um, really help someone flesh out uh, more transcendental mindsets. Um, at, at least you know uh, directions to point in. Not like I have all the answers, but um, when it comes to something like money magic or like love magic, I don't even know myself. I've never experimented with those things. I don't know much about them. I'd be really curious to hear your perspectives on that and how relevant they are, how useful they are, et cetera.
2: Uh, I get asked about this, this quite often because it the, truly like the, the, the fuel of humanity has always been um, the acquiring of goods, be they money or, or anything else. And, and the, and acquiring uh, the the thing that most of us would probably agree is, is the very thing that makes us as special as we are, which is love. Right. And so uh, there's yeah, there, there's so many spells that one can do about these about these kind of things, but I, I also kind of just go back to what I what I actually just said is that a lot of the times you don't need magic for these, but there is magic that exists. I mean, one of the best things, and one of the things that I've talked about on many other podcasts is is something so simple. It's it's merely just called an Abri camino, and it's a spell that one can do that just means. Opening the ways, just allow yourself doing a spell, a general spell that allows for you to be open to all possibilities, and to, to, for the world to truly open its gates to you for possibilities, and to allow for yourself the grace to be able to see when opportunity presents itself, and that I think can apply to money as much as it can apply uh, to things like love and and sex and things of that variety, but. My the second episode of my podcast that I've ever done was uh, it was it was about spells, truly. And I, I shared this spell that was shared by Robert Anton Wilson, in which he just basically says, like, literally walk around town thinking that you're going to find a quarter, and just watch how quickly you will you will find a quarter when that's the only thing that you concentrate on. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying for, for people like walk around town. Literally just think about finding $50 bills and then you'll just come across $50 bills. But uh, it, it, it does become kind of weird when you start to um, when you start to concentrate on certain things, how, how they will tend to show up. Now, there are people who are obsessed with money that just because they're obsessed with it doesn't mean that they're, they're going to get it. But um, there was an American phenomenon. Called new thought that is very much ingrained uh, in the American psyche, particularly it's it's more capitalistic and consumerist psyche. Um, but uh, a guest I recently had on my program by the name of Mitch Horowitz wrote a book called The Miracle Club. Oh, which interesting awesome.
3: guy! Yeah, very like interesting
2: him. guy. Yeah, and and but he talks about like this idea of wealth and and wealth money, uh, and. I think that there is some there really truly is something to this idea of setting intentions for for success within your job for moving up for 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 good things appearing to you. So that in a way is a um a abre camino of itself. And he has this thing called I think it's like the 9-day challenge. It's fun. I like it truly not just fun. It it really works. It really works. Um most of the time obviously don't say that you're gonna be an astronaut in nine days but if you keep your goal somewhat like simplified and just it's one of those things that it just becomes a, a drive for you you actually might cause it to happen um so for the most part things like money and love spells and they're those are just like curses those are long tenure tenured as as uh, the friend of the show Sam block has always said like magic since it's she inception has always been about getting paid and getting laid and it, and it's <laughs> really true um that in 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 uh or even the things like the ars Goetia, a lot of the reasons that those demons they have the little attributes like uh like um like marvel cards back in the day when you flip the card around for right. uh fi- finding money and finding treasure like that's that is still part of it so there's tons of things you can do that's one that um, not a lot of people push the doors on. It. I hope this doesn't sound like I'm I'm veering away from your question specifically. But that's one thing I'd like to see more people try is this whole idea of of using spirits um, to help with actual finding of treasure. Because truly, when I've done these kind of spells and I've done them a few times, uh, I don't find monetary riches, but I find treasures in other regards. And again, I don't want to sound like. You know, weren't too wishy-washy, but it's like, perhaps the treasure was the was the seeking all along. That nothing like that, but just Mm -hmm. I found like really good things have happened to me, uh, right after the spells uh, or the ritual has been completed. Like I'd go to a park and I wouldn't really dig anything up, but it would just be like I'm just going through the process, and then something happens. So there are things. It exists throughout every echelon of magic, pretty much through almost all of time. Every magical tradition. has his ways of engaging this kind of stuff, but for beginners, I just say things like abracaminos. You can buy candles, you can buy the incense, you can buy a plants, uh, this kind of stuff. There's many ways of doing it. Just lighting them, doing like a novena or something like that. Just basically saying, like, look, I need all possibilities open to me, and I also need the the influence to know when something good is in front of me to be able to know when to take it. So that's 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 an important thing as well.
1: Yeah. Um... I, I, I think a big takeaway from that is something to do with opening your mindset and your perspective, like honing it in more a, a, into the things that you're looking for. And uh, that that's not even to demystify any of this, because that's a very very powerful uh, concept that we don't fully understand. I mean we don't understand consciousness. So we're certainly not going to understand all the ramifications of it. But, um, um, and uh, so getting closer to the end here, but, um, I, and I know we could do a whole episode on this here, but, uh, just kind of curious what, um, what you would have to say about the relevance of curses since you brought them up a little bit. And like, how effective are they? How often, like, you know, uh, If there was some magic button to just kill your enemy, people would be doing it all the time. So it's clearly not quite that
2: um, cut and dry. So I, I would say for people that are interested in curses, and I, I just did a podcast episode in which this was brought up as well, because it's one cool. of those things where pe- people who are not magicians, this is like a, a thing that. And I'm not saying you're not a magician, Anthony. I think we all are. Uh, no, I feel
1: much. you totally.
2: But the, it's one of the it's the, one of the first things that always comes up. Like, well, what about curses? And so um, I kind of have like this 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 rote answer. Uh, But everybody, please listen to what I'm saying. One of the things that I like in my podcast is is it's better understandings of the cultures in which uh, magic arises. So when we think of curses, we think of things like, uh, I'm going to use a word here that is not a good word, but like gypsy curses, right? (laughs) The gypsy curse. (laughs) um please don't <laughs> use the word gypsy uh, but uh, this idea of romani culture and, and cursing is a very interesting one so i ask people to actually look into what went into to cursing in romani culture and for the most part curses weren't done in your bedroom in the closet with candles and shit like that well a lot of times um that's the conception of them now curses were public you cursed in front of every member of your community hmm. And that was a powerful thing. You put yourself out there to let everybody know that you were cursing. Very few people do that, and the reason I think that this this actually occurred, and 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 I truly do think that curses they work. They do work, and particularly when one does the this way, is something that. Um, uh, Dura Mason, he's the uh, he has his own podcast called oh, yeah. uh, Spirit Box Podcast. Yeah, Great good guy. guy. Yeah but he he is under the um he follows the line and he said it best that magic is is self-regulating it's not that it balances but it seems to be able it has this weird ambiguous morality to it that is hard to pin down that is is best exemplified in things like fairies and stuff of this sort in which i found when i was actively cursing um i wasn't doing it publicly i was doing it privately and while some of the curses I thought got very close to the target and it wasn't exactly like somebody like getting hit by a car, but bad things would happen. Bad things would also happen to me. And I'm not going to use the, the the word karma, but I will just say that magic seems to, when you engage in it in a Western context, seems to be able to give back as much as you give it. And if you are engaging in a form of malefica, as far as causing misfortune to somebody else, you had better be prepared for it to happen to you. I also think it is very hard to curse. I think it's not easy. It is a skill that not just anybody can do. You're not making a QB doll of somebody and sticking pins in it. I don't think you're like that. That's get that shit out of your head. Like that's really. really Rudimentary, you're not doing anything. And one of the reasons I'm very forthcoming with like um, stuff in my personal life, and a lot of people would be like, Whoa, you give out your birth time? Like astrologers can use that to curse you. I say, like, I have such a good spiritual hygiene regimen that you can try and you will not come within a hundred years of cursing me effectively, because I am so good at protecting myself. Cursing, Spiritual hygiene, property. the real thing. Yes, 100%. Brilliant. That's the most important. That's what I, I, I see. I recommend people, particularly my Patreon supporters, if you are not starting magic with like a, an ancestral background, the first kind of spells that you should be doing is protection. Because mm-hmm. even if magic is bullshit, you're just doing things that might make you feel better psychologically, but also too bad they, they work if you do it well. Cursing is hard. Cursing is very difficult. It's not good. And if you want cursing to be effective, I I recommend you do it the way that the the way that you think in your mind. The Romani curses occur. You do it publicly. I dare you, right? Like because that's the real shit. That is when we come down to it, the good stuff. The the things that I used to do um, for the most part. I haven't engaged in this kind of magic in quite some time. Uh, were defectiones. in which it's not so much like a curse, but it's more so of just being like. I want this person to not have as good speech when speaking with other people. Like it's not so much. I wish misfortune on them, but I wish them to be less good at the things that they were successful at before. That's still kind of mean. That's still kind of mean. It's still some kind of like form of binding, but it's not as devastating as saying like, I I want them to die in a car fire. Like I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm done with that. Right. Like, but there again, you. to go to, to 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 be that to be that Mr. Rogers, uh, uh, or the um, the Bob Ross of magic that people have apparently put the crown on my head, uh, <laughs> I, w- I will just say, I will just say the best curse for somebody in your vicinity that you interacted with on a day to day level, the best curse is to do better at life than them, make yourself a better person, be the bigger person, Damn, know when to walk agree. away. Wait. Know when to walk away, know when not to pick fights, know when not to engage, and just make yourself better. Eat better, sleep better, reduce your stress. Don't spend six hours watching Netflix at night. Go out and join a karate class. Join a gardening club. Hey, do you like putting ships in bottles? Guess what? There's a club for that. Do that. Like Truly, this stuff will make us... We're we're becoming so isolated in our world because our spaces are very, very virtual. And I hope I don't sound like a Luddite when I'm saying this, but um, there is something to be said about real-life interactions with other human beings that I think a lot of people are missing out. We feel very isolated. great book called, um, I think... um, Oh, goodness. Bowling in America. I'm butchering the title, but it's just this idea that um, social activities have diminished so much in the last thirty years um, that we're we're seeing a lot of of um, loneliness within human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that uh, there are clubs that exist. There are things that are out there that you can engage with. You, if, if you have an interest whether it's Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games. And a lot of people, you know, we can look down at them and say, like, I don't play role-playing games. We can say, nerd! But I know a lot of people... (laughs) <laughs> that's my, that's pretty much my whole audience but I I see a lot of people that they get so much out of life by engaging in these things right like the, that, yeah. their group of friends is so strong and so austere. It's just the same as like you being part of a squash club or whatever you know like people like what your dad used to do and stuff like that. I'm talking specifically about my dad he he played squash anyways <laughs> but um, all I'm saying is that um, the more stuff you do in real life as opposed to through some kind of an artifice Uh, of technological artifice while also important um i I truly think that the magic really happens at your fingertips and in front of your face and when you can look into other people's eyes truly i think uh i think the scrying stones that we call our eyeballs uh, has some real magic to it and so when you get out there and you see more people and you look into them uh good things really do happen and uh, not when you stare at a blank fucking first generation ipad Uh, at your mother's house in mexico causing ridiculous poltergeist activity that everybody thinks is kind of weird um, so that you have to do a weird cleansing afterwards when they've all gone to have really good food, and you just decide to stay at home and lie to them, and <laughs> telling that you had a tum tum, uh, an upset tum tum, uh, is all I'm going to say. So uh, get out there, get out into the real world. The real it, there's so much magic there. The, these other things they they kind of just drain us more than they they embiggen uh, and and give us life. Did I just say embiggen? Embiggen is not even a word. So I apologize for using a word that's not even a real world. Maybe it's maybe it's part of the dictionary now. But
1: yeah, um, it might as well be now. I'm gonna remember it. I'm gonna in you <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some redneck shit right there, absolutely yeah. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, uh, well said it, uh very like, I don't know, um uh just simple yet eloquent the uh descrying stones that are our eyeballs like yeah, amen, amen um so. I had one tiny question. It was super ancillary. I'm not sure if I'm going to remember that. Um, um, man. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the final question that I do remember is, um, uh, to put uh, a cherry on top here. Um, the last episode we did that I did was on uh, Philip K Dick and his very mystical ideas. Uh, this guy talk about uh, a real seeker chaos magician. Um, what do you um so with that if fresh in people's minds um what do you think about uh some of the shit that Philip K Dick got into like he was he was uh he was on a whole different level
2: he was and i, I don't want to sound like a, a party pooper he was also a deeply flawed human being like absolutely. he absolutely he, he had some real he had some real shit, but I think that he is one of those people that talks very earnestly about his spiritual experience, particularly the one with the um ichthos fish that somebody came to his door and, and he looked and peered into this uh to this um he had surgery, right? Um, uh dental surgery, and then he somebody came to his door with an ichthos fish on their necklace and it kind of beamed him and he got a he had a really deep spiritual experience. Um, there is there is this t- I like these guys. Uh, He is in a great line of these weird pseudo-mystical American authors that a lot of people uh, really gravitate towards. And I'm going to mention somebody like – although he talks about how aspiritual he was, I still think that – the imagination that was able to conjure something like the Cthulhu mythos uh H.P. Lovecraft is another one of the the lineage of these really deeply spiritual crazy writers who have created like wor- worlds unto themselves right. Philip K. Dick uh interesting cat I've read sections of the exegesis of Philip K. Dick and it's it's not that it's unreadable. It's just it's a lot. Uh, yeah, Dude was do was a thinker. He was also um, a speedhead, from what I understand. Oh, and big so time. He, he would That's write. That's probably why he head.
1: died when he did. His liver was just fucked by the end of yeah.
2: it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the stories of of him when he was younger. Um Yeah, but here's the thing: if if you c- <sighs> Philip K. Dick had those experiences happened a little bit earlier on. And I, I really hope this doesn't sound insulting to the legacy of Philip K. Dick. I like a lot of what he's written. Ubik is wonderful. Um, I've got a story about a scanner darkly. I don't know if I want to share it. I'll share it. Um, <laughs> I was re- I was a bit of a mess when I was younger. I was maybe like 25 Um so one night ah this is so bad i'm gonna say it anyways one night i literally drank an entire bottle of robitussin and read a scanner darkly and it really messed me me up (laughs) don't do this don't do this um but i was reading a book about like drugs and 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 philip k dicks he wrote that book um as an experience when he was living with a bunch of other drug addicts uh, and while he was a drug addict And uh, so it kind of hits – for those of us with an addictive personality, it's it's a weird book. Uh, Anyhow, flippy Dick, interesting guy, really cool. I think here's the thing, though. He's one of those people that – and I'm not saying this to denigrate people, but uh, he – uh, or to, to to say, if you like Philip K. Dick, that makes you not understand things like magic. He's an easy per- person to point to that's that's had mystical experiences. Uh, I just don't think he lived long enough to be able to bear them to fruition. And had they happened earlier in his life, I could very easily see a um, an L. ron Hubbard like situation where he involved himself in some kind of a cult. I hate to say it like or started a cult himself. So we even mentioned thing,
1: that but... uh, comparisons between him and Elron Hubbard. He certainly yeah. seems um um you know he we won't uh you know hash uh t- territory already trod this deep in but um he's way more altruistic than hubbard but what yeah. you said certainly rings true all the same um and deeply flawed human being all the same so um
2: aren't we aren't we all though aren't we all i mean yeah his his struggle with addiction speaks to me quite a bit um i don't know as much about him as i probably should he gets people write to me a lot about him and i i think we do find him a very compelling figure because he because he has this um this office of works that are you know, like realities within realities, and and to, to to say something is Philip K. Dickian, or I don't even know if that's a term that people are using. But he has a very specific style that has birthed um, very unique other works of art, from Blade Runner to a film that I think is far superior. Um, which is, I maybe one of the my favorite movies of the last twenty five years, uh, which is Minority Report, um, great, a very underrated film. Just because, uh, just because Tom Cruise is in it, doesn't mean it's not great. And it's Steven Spielberg. I think it's maybe in his top five. Uh, a guy who made Jaws and Indiana Jones also made this this great picture called uh, Minority Report. The, the mind of Philip K. Dick is a very interesting one. He created a world, and it's one that particularly, as our society hurdles towards whatever kind of I'm just going to say really banal and authoritarian future. Uh, his works become more and more pertinent. Um, I just I just think that um, as far as like us us for for me looking outside me being in the house of magic looking outside at somebody like philip k dick it's not that i wouldn't open the door to him and let him inside it's just that it's uh his his stuff is so idiosyncratic and it exists so much to himself and there is this tinge of cynicism in his work that i i find i have a hard time connecting with all the time um but he was a very interesting figure uh I'll probably have to do an episode about him. Uh, I get a lot of emails about, uh, about people saying, please do an episode on Philip K. Dick. Um, probably should. I don't know enough about him as I should. Uh, I've read a lot of his novels. Um, I've read over eight of his books. i read sections of exegesis. Crazy Cat, really yeah. interesting guy. Uh, very much of his time. He's got that whole, that, that whole SoCal thing. Is going on there, right? That, oh, big
1: uh, time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, uh, yeah. Um, well, you clearly know enough um, to have some insight. Absolutely. I think there was a, I think that was a nice cherry on top to, uh, to the, uh, the discussion about PKD there. Um, and also to the conversation about magic at large, uh, because it does seem like it's been a, a, a continuous snowball effect but PKD's definitely seems to be picking up more and more steam um yeah. in his legacy yeah. so um interesting stuff there but uh yeah thank you so much for coming on the show man i think uh this is this was a real lightning rod of a chat i think people are going to dig it so um and i think we gave them a lot to work with you know skeptic and believer yes. alike like there's you got uh, whoever you are out there whatever you're interested in i think um you have some interesting shit to work with after this conversation i hope so <laughs> or else i haven't done my job <laughs> right um well um as a as a final goodbye um where would you like to send people from here where can they uh, check out your latest action
2: Always just head to whatmagicisthis.com, all one word, whatmagicisthis.com. Uh, there you can find links to show notes. Uh, if, if you've never listened to my podcast, I just tell people, go to my website, click on the menu, head to episodes, and then just scroll through the episodes until you see something that that you're interested in. I guarantee you, you're going to find something that you're interested in or you'd like to hear uh, this weird person that's just been talking to you over the last hour and a half uh, about and uh you get a really interesting in-depth episode about it but also when you're listening i've got these show notes there that are really quite excellent to give you more direction if you're still interested in what what that topic is um i have a patreon account it's only seven bucks american a month um you get access to basically like a whole different show so if you like what i do uh, i'd love to see you support on patreon but everything is on what magic is including links to my uh, uh twitter account uh, or I believe it's called X now, my X account for, <laughs> uh, <for> whatever <laughs> um Instagram as well as facebook. i'm I'm barely on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I like Twitter or X or whatever it is this week, um because I can just like I can just put silly shit on there. I just push silly. I I like the uh, the the kind of um, you know Tumblr esque putting weird shit up and just for people to see. You're uh, good like at that. that you have a fun more. feed. Yeah. yeah, I try. I try. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't put politics in there. There's nothing worse than talking about politics in 140 characters. Yeah, I'll,
1: Jesus. Yeah, and problematic. <laughs>
2: yeah, but everything can be found at whatmagicisthis.com. dot uh, and yeah, it's 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 uh, a website. I was thinking the other day I might need to up- update it. It's it's looking pretty long and toothed these days. When I first started it in twenty nineteen, I haven't changed my website in in coming up nearly four and a half years it looked so cool when i first started but now it's just like Ooh, oh i need to update that's but uh, anyways it's it's all there and uh, i'd love for people to to listen more than anything supporting me on patreon is great but just actually listen to the episode and engaging with it please do that if you have any questions reach out to me what magic is this podcast at gmail.com uh, yeah i'm uh i'm i'm fairly approachable i'm a nice guy uh and uh and yeah if if uh if you listen to my show, uh, you're already, you are uh, a better person than everybody else. I don't, I don't, I don't, even, know, I don't even know what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, no, I can vouch for, uh, for Mr. Douglas here. He's a very approachable, genuine guy. And, um, um, he's also not afraid to tell you that he doesn't know, which I think is yeah. a very <laughs> crucial aspect of, um someone that you want to be asking these kinds of questions to uh, quite honestly. So, um, oh, and for whatever it's worth, um, not that we have to get into it, but I remember the thing that I couldn't um, uh, yeah. remember earlier. And it was just sure. like, as any sort of um, um, recommendation to anyone, um, I, I, I found over the years um, since I, I've been steeped in this for, for some years now um, understanding Eastern philosophy, Really helped me understand, you know, like uh, the Western magical context. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, Buddhism and Taoism, um, and the the sort of mm, impersonal, for just lack of better term, uh, consideration of like what we have as hard boiled good and evil, will go a long way in helping you understand the more esoteric. Uh, aspects of these things. But uh, again, buddy, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule having this chat. Um, You have a blessed Halloween season and uh, we will talk more soon for sure.
2: Definitely, Anthony. Yeah, we'll, we'll try and figure out a way that, uh, to get you on. What magic is this? Because uh, I've, I've loved these conversations. And sorry, it took so long between the two of them. Uh, Ten episodes. Like, wow, that's crazy, man. Um, <laughs> I'm <Time laughs> surprised, so like, man. Uh, fucking two, two fistfuls between uh, between episodes. But um, it's been a long time coming, and I've had an absolute blast. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely ch- talk again soon, man.
1: That sounds good. Don't forget, folks. Uh, check out what magic is this? You have been listening to Black Hoodie Alchemy. I'm your host, Anthony Tyler, here with Douglas Bachelor. Y'all take it easy out there. Smoke weed and God bless.
0: My style is exquisite, my characteristics spit as a flawless warrior. the fallen story, a slaughter mingus, a caller coroner. Pause, I enforce laws, my jaws cause horror for weak dudes. With preschool rhymes and immorals fucked up with these street rules. Gangsters don't die, we breathe through. Uh-uh, younger generation we teach to beef and eat through these weak queens like beach fruits. I smoke dudes, don't let that stick of weed mislead you. Tech 9, nah, my lyrics get around like the West now. But symptoms I better left undefined, like the X Files. So with 16 bars, you get X'd out. You better for help, cause you'll be neglecting yourself like a stepchild, oh, call it quits, wanna see what a stone cold oh, is, with this verse, I bust a thousand e-pan cartridges, I'm hard as shit and my style is manifested with mad infections, and cash reflections of data with massive weapons and cannons, a drastic measures uh. to damage your man's conception and hand them a death certificate listed with bad impressions, I'm intricate, far from simple with wisdom and lack of reference, I swing like it's tennis at Wimbledon and I'm mad ejected with flammable gas and with adjectives just to crash a peasant and leave a unpleasant smile from his gashes with uh. bad intentions, you know. hands away, Happens. And when I spaz back, you need anesthetic, intimidate. When I eliminate, any man can get it. You in it stand an in instant. My style is infinite. Magnificent, set a stance and kill it. i yep. burn like a thousand candle incense. Surpass so a massacre. so when I'm bombing, I lack like the sense. i I'm having a heart. I leave behind bodies and act relentless. So I'm so far in my future that even I'm ahead of me. Prevail the pedigree. This the last dawn of the better breed. I had you on the edge of your seats. Now watch what you finna see. I am the history and the making. This is the legacy. the legacy. The legacy, the legacy, the legacy, the legacy.